Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Carmen Poliafito, and I'm here with Dr. Amir Kashani, who is the T. Boone Pickens Chairholder in Ophthalmology at the Wilmer Ophthalmologic Institute in Baltimore, Maryland. Amir, welcome to Retina Synthesis. Thanks for having me, Carmen. I'm excited to be here. Well, you've been working on an exciting project over the last couple of years, which is the retinal stem cell implant for treatment of geographic atrophy. Can you... Um, start off by telling our audience what the concept is behind the implant. Right, sure. Um, so as everybody knows, uh, you know, geographic atrophy and dry age-related macular degeneration is a huge unmet need. Uh, once those RPE cells are gone, there's really no way to replace them. Um, and whether you're talking about gene therapy or complement inhibitors. So uh, there's a large population of patients who are not going to have treatments with any of the conventional treatments that we have. So the way to approach it is uh, to potentially replace those RPE cells if we can do it early enough uh, to uh, either restore some vision or prevent further vision loss. And so the approach that we've taken is to uh, uh, make a biosynthetic implant. It's called the California Project to Cure Blindness, RPE1. Um, uh, and I, I, I just want to actually give, give a acknowledgement to the California Project to Cure Blindness actually for funding this because uh, it was really important. And I was very thankful that both California and the, the people of California actually voted that in and made it happen. So we appreciate that. Um, but basically the idea is to have this monolayer of mature RPE cells that are grown on a synthetic um, perylene membrane. That's about a three and a half by six and a quarter uh, perylene membrane. Um, and to implant that monolayer of cells within the area of geographic atrophy uh, to hopefully allow those RPE cells to revive or resurrect any residual photoreceptors in that area and also to provide trophic support to surrounding photoreceptors and the underlying choroid and choriocapillaris um, and at the very least prevent further vision loss uh, in that area. So. And the, uh, the cells are derived from, the RPE cells are derived, uh, allogeneic cells derived from RPE cells, from right. uh, stem cells. That's right, yes. They're stem cell derived RPE from human embryonic stem cells, yeah. And um, you put them on the implant and are they stored? Are they, are they pre-manufactured, the implants? Yeah. They are pre-manufactured, but these are fresh implants. Um, in the current iteration of the project, these are fresh implants. So they are made uh, approximately 30 days before the, the, the surgery uh, is designed, uh, is scheduled to happen. They're made uh, custom for that patient and delivered to the surgical site uh, for implantation. So can you tell us a little bit about the, the study design? Sure. Uh, so this was a phase one, two, a study primarily for safety. It was prospective, non-randomized, open label. Uh, we were aiming to recruit about 20 subjects into the, the study. Um, and we recruited 16 uh, and stopped at that point because we felt the results were compelling enough or the sponsor felt the results were compelling enough. Um, and basically each, uh, uh, each subject that was enrolled in the study had to have advanced dry AMD with bovia involving geographic atrophy. The, they had to be pseudophagic, uh, and their visual acuity had to be worse than 2200 um, effectively in the, in the cohort. Originally, we had them split into two cohorts, and the, the first cohort was supposed to have 2200 or worse, and the second cohort was 2080. But in effect, everybody ended up having 2200. So 
uh, just to make it simple. Um, and each of the subjects underwent a single outpatient surgery for uh, placement of this implant using an investigational uh, device as well that folds the implant uh, and allows us to place it into the subretinal space using a pars pon of vitrectomy approach. Um, and so it was all done outpatient surgery um, and uh, they were discharged home. All of the procedures that were used during the implant were for, with commercially available instrumentation. The only part of the surgery that was not uh, with commercially available instrumentation is just the injector, which is part of the IND and the actual um, the biosynthetic implant itself. How many centers were involved? Uh, the patients were recruited from up to six centers uh, in Southern California and Arizona, and USC was the only surgical center there. Mm -hmm. So tell us what the results are. Now we've had, we have almost, we have more than two years follow-up on these eyes, correct? Yeah. So we're almost, we're at three, actually, we're more than three years on, on, on many of them. Um, so, uh, the, so we just reported the one-year results, uh, end of last year, actually. Um, and uh, the results have been good. So basically the one, the primary outcome was one year safety at 365 days. Um, and uh, we looked at visual acuity and we looked at fundus photographs and clinical exams and OCT. Um, and at one year, um, essentially there was no safety signals. There was uh, systemic serious adverse events that were not associated with the implant or the surgery, um, and uh, they were not related at all. Um, and there was uh, four out of the first six subjects had some um, hemorrhage uh, that was classified as serious adverse events, and we were able to modify the surgical procedure to avoid that in the subsequent nine. Um, and so really there was no safety signal that um, resulted in, in any concern at one year. Uh, the visual acuity was unchanged uh, between baseline and one year uh, results. Um, it was around Logmar 1.3. Um, and uh, what was encouraging was that at one year, the, none of the implants migrated. Um, none of, there was no sign of inflammation. There was no sign of any mass lesions or any um, uh, growth uh, you know, that was uh, part of the safety signals that we were looking for. Um, the implants were all pigmented at one year, suggesting survival of the RPE. Um, and uh, uh, actually what was very encouraging was that 27% um, uh, uh, of the subjects uh, at one year demonstrated greater than five letter improvement. Um, in the treated eye, whereas only 7% of the untreated eyes improved. And I think somewhere like 66% of subjects either maintained or improved uh, in the implanted eye, uh, in contrast to, I think, 40-some percent in the non-implanted eye. So, so, all, yeah. so all of these eyes had foveal involvement of the geographic atrophy with full serora and and... They had a the implant went was under the was under the fovea in all cases. Is that correct? In all cases, yeah, we were able to target it very effectively. And more than eighty, uh, it covered more than eighty percent of the area of geographic atrophy uh, as a median for the whole group. And these are large areas of atrophy in most cases, and these are advanced. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So we were really able to effectively target it um, just to the area of atrophy. So, were there any OCT correlates to the improved vision? Yeah, so there it, it appeared that in some of the subjects there was a reconstitution or at least reappearance of the external limiting membrane um, overlying the implant. 
That's that's exciting. That um, is really exciting. Yes. So explain why you believe that uh, your team believes that this is better than uh, injecting a subretinal su suspension of RP cells. So, uh, well, I mean, it's different in in several ways, right? So when you're injecting, uh, when you're, our, this implant is mature polarized RPE, right? So um, it's characterized very well before it's put in. Um, these cells have apical microvilli. They express uh, markers of mature RP differentiation. Um, they are a monolayer. Um, they have uh, the um, uh, appearance and consistency of mature RPE. Um, and uh, just as importantly, the uh, perylene membrane that is part of this implant is actually six microns thick with sub-micron thick sections in it which is designed to mimic the diffusion properties of Brooks membrane. That's the whole reason it was, it was made uh, by the design team here. Um, and that, by the way, was designed by Mark Hermione's team and uh, the tremendous amount of effort that they put into it. Um, and, uh, and so I think it's, it's significantly different than just putting in uh, uh, cell suspensions because in suspension, you, even though the cells could be characterized before they go into suspension, once the cells are not adherent, it's very hard to know exactly what their differentiation state is in the eye. Um, and so it may be a great form of therapy for some forms of degeneration, macular degeneration, but it's very hard to be confident of what the cells are actually doing uh, in vivo. Um, and so that's one big difference. The other big difference is that just anatomically, you know, you, you want to mimic the normal anatomy of the, of the eye. And so if you're putting in a monolayer and in all the cases, the monolayer stayed a monolayer, um, you know, it's much more likely to restore vision, not cause distortion, stay in place um, and, uh, and hopefully behave like the, the RPE that was there before. Well, one of the things that I understand was is that there's no evidence of an immune response to the implant. That was a big question uh, for us, and I think for everybody. And uh, you know, uh, we didn't see any signs of any any kind of inflammation. Um, I mean, there's typical post-op inflammation in the first month, just like any kind of vitrectomy. But there was nothing. There was no vitritis. There was no anterior cell. There was no vasculitis. Uh, no choroiditis, retinitis. I mean, we were looking for that all the time, and we didn't. And and the the really amazing thing is these were not. Uh, HLA match subjects, right? There was no attempt at HLA matching. Uh, and in fact, not only were they not HLA matched, none of the subjects actually matched at more than 50% of the HLA one and two alleles that we looked at. And we looked at 16. So they're horribly matched, <laughs> actually. Um, so the fact that there was no clinical immune response is, is just amazing to me. And I think is very promising for allogeneic uh, cell-based implants. Why do you think there was no immune response? That's also a great question. Um, so some people you know, would have predicted an immune response. Um, I think it's a combination of several things. Um, so first of all, I think when, you, uh, when we did the surgery, there was a perioperative, a short course of tacrolimus, um, and there was uh, some intravenous uh, steroid. Uh, at the time of surgery. It's a very short course at therapeutic levels that are very low for tacrolimus. Um, so I think that perioperative 
window of steroids and immunosuppression probably helped. We don't know if it was absolutely necessary, but I think it probably helped to prevent uh, inflammation at the time of surgery. Um, and secondly, by putting in mature differentiated RPE, there is reasonable evidence that suggests RPE have immune modulatory function in the retina. Um, they can actually suppress uh, immune responses, suppress T cell responses within the retina. Um, and they do that in vitro. Uh, and so it, it's very likely that the RPE cells themselves are actually mediating some kind of immune response. I don't, I can't prove that. We don't have any evidence to that effect, but I think there is enough substance, there's kind of enough evidence in the literature that that is one potential mechanism uh, by which it could be happening. And of course, the most obvious one is that it's an immune privileged site. There's probably some controversy about whether it's still immune privileged in a diseased state when it's got geographic atrophy, but it's an immune privileged site. And so um, that would play into it. What's the next step in this project? The next step in this project is to do a phase two or phase two, three study. Um, and, uh, you know, to do that with cryopreserved uh, implants um, at, at multiple sites with multiple surgeons and, um, you know, try to look for the efficacy signal that uh, we believe will be there if, if we can do that study. That's so. great. Well, listen, this was an exciting uh, discussion about uh, something that's been out there for 10 years, really, in discussion. It's been a very well-developed project uh, by the team at USC and at Caltech and now at Hopkins. So... Very good. Thank, thanks, Amir, for your participation in retina synthesis. Thanks so much, Carmen. Can I just say a quick thank you to uh, to some people? Uh, yes, especially please. you know I, I just feel I, I was honored to be part of this study, and I really want to say thank you to the patients and their families who were involved in this. Um, I was so amazed at the dedication. The first patient that enrolled in this study told me, you know, whether it took she took me by the hand and she said whether this works or not. I am, I would do it over again and, you know, thank you for doing this. And I just, you know, I think there are so many people out there who, who need a therapy. And so thank you to the patients, the families, to, you know, uh, California Project to Blind, for B Prevent Blindness, and also Mark Hermione, Dennis Clegg, um, David Hinton, and Jane Lipkowski for the amazing opportunity and leadership to really put this together. And uh, thank you to everybody. And to you for inviting me um, and being a supporter. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much.